What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Kind of Different, your favorite dental podcast, hopefully, where we talk about innovation in dentistry. We talk about how we can make dental care more human, and we connect with some of the most amazing guests uh, in the dental industry. I think I'm biased there, but I also think it's really true. Um, I am Matt Allen, Dr. Matt Allen, the CEO and co-founder of Different Kind and the host of Kind of Different. And I am excited today uh, to have with us Kirby Arnold, who is the COO of Rev1 Dental Partners and the COO of Midnight Oil Dental Solutions. Uh, Kirby has some really interesting things that she's working on in terms of building structures that maybe are familiar to dentistry, but how they're doing it and why they're doing it is a little different um, and how that actually impacts both you know, dentists and uh, you know, providers in, in, in these organizations, as well as how that impacts patients as well. So um, Kirby, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I would love if you could take a few minutes and introduce our, uh, yourself to our audience, please. Of course. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. I am Kirby Arnold. I am currently the COO of Midnight Oil Dental Solutions and will be the COO of Rev1 Dental Partners, which is an autonomous DSO that we are building alongside of our clients. And I mean, I, I think I, you know, have, have a good sense of, you know, hey, here's why this is different based on conversations with shared friends and whatnot. But tell us a little bit more about yeah, in this world that we're in, we continue to see more and more DSOs and whatnot. Why is, you know, why are you building Rev1? And why would you say, as we kind of move into the topic of innovation, why is, why do you think this model that you're, that you have is, is innovative? I, lo- I, I love the word innovative. That, that, that's a great word. And what I think about is legacy. Also, when I think about innovative, as we're growing and changing the future, what has happened historically? So when I go back to 2019, we were building this model of MSO management. How do we stay out of the consolidated dentistry format with a bunch of privately held practices and and grow them so that they can get some burden relief or use their practice as an ATM machine, as we call it. Mm -hmm. And through that process, we identified that they still didn't want to deal with all of the minutia of running a dental practice. We need help. We need consolidated services. We need to manage the money and manage the people. Please don't tell us how to do dentistry, right? Mm -hmm. That's the big consistent message is please don't tell us how to do dentistry. Just do all the other stuff. I don't want to deal with it, but don't tell me how to do dentistry. So as we built Midnight Oil and consulted for our clients, understanding a path forward for them for transition so, you know, we've done our research, but in, in developing these relationships and listening to our clients, we were able to develop some, some platform metrics that were required to where what we're building with Rev1 made sense for everyone financially. What is their financial performance? What's the demographic? What's the operational efficiency? The normal things that everyone looks at. But we also look at the culture of the practice, mm. whereas that, uh, what you're bringing into the organization, if the culture is not what we need or the ability to manage change and be agile with the practice and um, kind of have that bridge from us to them is never going to be put in place. Look, why? Um, why? Right. Yeah. OK, it's not going to work. And so we've had the opportunity to work with these doctors for a couple of years mm. and identify that. The partnership is strong. They yeah. want the same um, pieces, vision, and vision for the future that we're providing for them. So 
they're bringing their team along, they're bringing their practice along, and they're coming along on the journey. Um, I love we that. Are fund, it's a, a doctor-owned DSO as well. So mm. they are the majority owners. They're rolling over a percentage of their equity mm. into the fund, which means they're the primary owners. We'll have a board that is based on the folks who have rolled their practice into um, Rev1. And their voice will be continued to be heard. It, it's not. Um, it's not going to be lost in this process, if you will. That's awesome. Well, I, I love a lot of things here, right? That you're talking about. That I think on our podcast we talk a lot about patient care in general and how do we improve patient experience, right? Um, and we hear words like trust, right? And we hear words like listening um, and expectation management, super important for shared decision making. Mm -hmm. A lot of that, and I'm hearing a lot of the same themes. Right, which are really just characteristics of good relationships in general. And so to me, it seems like what you're describing here is you know, something that is just as applicable to, hey, here's how we're building our DSO and the leadership and how the doctors integrate with that to how you know, a doctor would want to you know, have a relationship with a patient, right? We wanna have good expectation management, we wanna have good communication, have, you know, be listened to, right? All of those things. So I love so much of what you're saying here. And I want to hit back on this culture piece, right? Because I think that's a really important piece, you know, in, in kind of the current world, right? Because experience can't be separated from each other. We talk a lot about experience, you know, as it relates to patients, but, you know, provider staff and provider experience in a practice, right, bleeds obviously over to how patients, you know, are treated and how what their experience is like and vice versa. And so, you know, walk me through just a little bit more in terms of how you all are thinking about culture and, and maybe management. And, you know, give me give me a kind of some insight into, hey, here's how we're being innovative as it relates to, you know, culture. Yes, it's important. But like, can you give me some specifics, especially as a COO, right? Like you probably know all the specifics there. So give me some specifics if you can. You know, it's so funny when you think about culture. I currently work with and have experienced relationships over the last several years with folks who be like, culture's such a, that's such a nonsense myth. Culture can mean a lot of different things though, right? Mm -hmm. So when you put it in a perspective of what does it mean to you, then it becomes something that you can tangibly measure in your industry and in your environment and in your current workflow. So for me and my teams, what culture means to us is, it's about relationships. Mm -hmm. What have we done and partnered alongside with our clients? How much trust exists? So when you talk about bringing the culture piece back into the autonomous DSO, we already have an established relationship. We have established benchmarks, benchmarks excuse me, mm -hmm. and metrics that we know these particular clients who are along on the journey with us trying to achieve their goals know we are going to be held to they know that we're going to hold them to these metrics because it is a doctor-led DSO, because there is stock involved, because there is value and profit to them that is promised by all of them being a part of the project. Yep. And so we are not going to have necessarily the typical DSO structure. When we started building out um, Rev1, I would get in these meetings and we like, well, the DSO structure looks like this. I, I know I've worked at lots of DSOs. I know what a DSO structure looks like, and that's not going to be it, right? So I would get really passionate and they'd be like, oh, geez, she's, she's not happy about that. No, because that's top heavy, right? A DSO is typically operational oversight heavy. There's no commitment. There's no buy-in. There's no established long-term relationship. That's our culture. That's mm -hmm. what we have. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. going to drive us forward. We don't have 
the regional manager, the operations mm-hmm. director. We don't have that. We're leveraging those relationships and the prior and past performance metrics that we've measured for years with our clients. That's what we're utilizing to drive us forward. Now, please don't misunderstand. We'll have a performance team yeah. <laughs> that looks at the metrics every month. They'll create yep. a workbook and they'll say, great job. Here's your goal. We're this close or we're not. And at two months, like it's time to, okay, give me your AA chip because we got to pull in the 12 step plan, right? Something needs to change. And that's where the relationship with Midnight Oil comes in because they've done it successfully. My team at Midnight Oil has done it successfully. They have the operational conversations mapped out. They have those relationships of how to drive that culture and that performance in the practice. And I'm not introducing a DSO model where it's, you did a bad job. It's, <laughs> hey guys, we need your help. Doc's kind of seeing a trend in the wrong direction. Can you please, let's engage. So yeah. we're utilizing some different tools and a different philosophy and thought process um, where we're not managing, we're not managing metrics, right? We're managing relationships and helping folks achieve their goal while they're in, all under the same consolidated roof because they're all looking oh. for the same thing. Totally. I love that. It's super, super fascinating. And you, you're, you're, you're hinting into the like connection piece, right? As we learn more yeah. about you, because you're talking about values and you're talking about some of these things. One of the things that I love learning most from people, um, you know, is, is kind of hitting the highs of just like, Hey, what is, what's something that you're extremely proud of? Uh, could be, you know, within work could be outside of that, but you Kirby, like what's one thing that you look at in your life and you're like, I'm super proud of this. I would love for you to, to tell our listeners that. Well, you know, as, as personally, that's different, right? I look at my children and think, wow, the impact that they're having in the world. And somehow mm-hmm. their mother must have done a really good job and I want to meet her someday. I'm just <laughs> But professionally, I will say to you, I am most proud of the team that I have built within Midnight mm-hmm. Oil and the relationships with our clients. I am most proud of that. It is a work all the time in progress, being available to people and um, letting them know that you care. Um, I worked for Heartland Dental. And one of the things that I learned from Rick Workman was people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I was young and thought I knew it all. And I learned I knew nothing. And I will never, ever be able to have my education that I got from that company away taken away from me. Totally. But the most important thing I learned was the metric, as long as you care about people, yeah. And your your why aligns with their goal, yep. you will be able to find a way to help drive them forward. And my team is open and honest and they're here for the right reasons. And everybody on my team, whether it's the Rev One team or the mods team, they're working for the client and there's no yep. self-interest in front of them. And I'm That's most amazing. proud of that. I love that. I love that. And yeah, certainly I you know, we we had we had Pat from from Heartland on, uh, you know, the last guest of, of last season. And yeah, that idea of you have to be nice, right? I mean, I think that there is just this idea of, you know, hey, with these with, with places that tend to be really successful, whether they're huge or whether they're small, right? Like it, it is it is totally a you know, how does the team work together? How do they work for mm-hmm. each other, you know, with each other? Um, yeah, so I love that. It's a great, yeah, you know, and we, we sometimes are not in the building of a company, as you know, you're building a company for yourself. And when you've got five employees, you act differently than when you have 55 employees. And so back in the beginning, we would always say, we don't want to work with assholes. Like, it's just <laughs> and we don't, but they don't yeah. want to work with them either. So we would yeah. always have to reverse that script. And so we have to be always available and of the right mindset and, and goals and vision need to be aligned. 
and, and yep. working towards the, on the same path forward. I but as that. far as I'm very, very proud of my team and what they've accomplished. That's very amazing. That's great. I'm, I'm excited to see it continue to blossom as you continue to build here as well. So, um, also another thing that I love, you know, learning about from leaders and, you know, whatnot is, um, you know, I, th I think we can all go on LinkedIn and find, you know, Hey, here's my professional career. Here's my journey. And here's where I've worked and whatever. I think there's things that drive us that are not obviously on there. Um, and to tell us, you know, something that's like important to you and that kind of defines maybe who you are as Kirby, but you know, a lot of people might not know about, especially if they just know from, you know, a distance mm -hmm. or meeting you at a conference or something like that. Tell us something that's important that, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning that drives you that, that is really important to you. So I, uh, I alluded to this a few minutes ago. You may, that's really hard. Um, you know, I, I grew up in an orphanage. My parents adopted me at 10. And so I was pretty well developed and had a lot of work to be done to get me forward. And I swore I had the best parents. My parents were amazing. I, I would not be who I am without them. However, I look at that first period in life and think, whoa, um, what could have been different had mm. I had that start? So I always wanted to be when I when I realized I was going to have children to be mm. someone that my children could say, man, she every day got up and did the very best she could. Mm. Every day was successful. Every day I knew I could count on her. And she would never let me down. Um, and so every single day, those are the people I work for. I get, I know it seems silly, but even as adults, and yeah. now I have grandchildren who are like, oh, Manny has a job and she has her nice car. And, you know, those are just the effects. Yeah. And so I want my children and the people that I can inspire to understand no matter what your challenges are, if you stay committed to something, you can mm. get it done. And so every day being successful and honest and kind mm. is being the example. Being yeah. the example is important to me. I love that. That's, that's a really beautiful story. And yeah, certainly something you're not going to find on LinkedIn. So thank you for, no. yeah, for sharing and for yeah, just letting us know a little bit about you and what drives you. I mean, I think it is important for us. Uh, we, all, we miss those things when we only have brief interactions at conferences or whatever. And, yeah. and those are, I think, the important things that yeah, make us get out of bed in the morning. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing. Um, cool. Well, let's let's move on to making dental care more human. Um, and I think you know your model just here is 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 interesting, right? Um, one of I think we've talked about how you're making it different, right? In terms of how the model works there. Um, and obviously, you know, our company is called Different Kind. The podcast is called Kind of Different. Um, so, and you just mentioned this word kind, right? Like, how are you, how do you think that your model is is really contributing to kindness? You know, in the dental ecosystem in general, um, would love love to hear you know that um yeah what's your perspective there um wow so i go back my mind is going backwards to when my youngest son was in high school and we lived in nebraska and they had this motto hashtag be kind came across <laughs> the state right it was adopted and it, it went like wildfire and so yeah. that's where my mind just went and i think about the adaptation and the the history of kindness and i remember holding my five-year-old's hands and saying, what are your rules? I will be mm. kind. Mm. I will not kick my friends. I will not, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was what it was with some of my kids. And so totally. I think about for us, we're contributing by establishing relationships mm -hmm. and aligning the goals of what we're trying to create with the partners that we're working with. We don't have a, our vision is not for us, right? While we're, 
facilitating the vision. And don't get me wrong, we're all gainfully employed. Nobody's working for free. All of that yep. jazz. Capitalism is a thing. Yep. But in the essence of it, when you think about the traction model, the vision and the path are aligned with our doctors and they're allowed to perform dentistry at even when they're outside of our DSO or inside of the DSO in any way they so choose fit that promotes the health and well-being of their patients. And we're not going to change that model. And so to me, it's inspiring and innovative and we're going to help them find new ways and we're going to spend the time researching technology and innovation that help them continue to deliver the care they want. And we're just going to be kind to them and help them do it. Totally. Well, I think that's so simple, but... It's, totally it's, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back, to, especially the the expectation management piece. I go back to Brene Brown and the whole clear is kind piece, right? Uh, you know, there's a lot of clarity. It feels like for both you and your partners uh, that I think sometimes might not exist, um, mm-hmm. and that obviously creates you know, doubt, that creates fear, that creates you know whatever. And and so you know that is a very kind way of of operating, especially with that kind of transparency up front. So. It's kind of their patients too, because if I think about it and I'm honest, if they were forced into a different model that didn't suit their needs and their culture Mm -hmm. and all of the other pieces of what motivate and drive them, their happiness would go away and the delivery of care within their practice would not remain the same. And that, that makes me sad to think about that. Totally. Um, well, I appreciate you sharing that that kind of vision um, and the idea of be kind. It's interesting too. I'll, I'll have to send you one of these. I don't have one that I can show you right now, but um, we we actually started something called I am kind in terms of you know I'm I'm an eight on the enneagram, which means my deepest fear is being controlled. So when I hear be kind, I'm like, don't tell me what to do, right? Uh, even though I want to be kind, right? And so we created this idea of I am kind, right? So it's like, hey, who am I? Who am I showing up as in the world? I'm not telling others to be kind. I'm just going to show up as a kind person. And that's going to have a huge impact around me. So I'll have to send you some yeah. of the stickers and you can put them wherever you want. And, uh, that's yeah, so idea. funny that you say that. We were going into an environment called ClickUp a couple of years ago. And one of my huh? fabulous team members, she, I asked her because she's a like the most loving, kind person I've ever met. Like I, yeah. I, I aspire to have that much <laughs> kindness and love in my heart. And so I called her because I was most concerned about her because control and Mm. her free spirit don't necessarily go together. And she was telling me a story and she said, boss, don't worry, I got this. Because I remember when I set up my new laptop, they had that Cortana in there and she was trying to control me and I managed it. Right. (laughs) And so I understand what you just said more than you could ever know. Perfect. Well, you can give one to her as well. So I'll I'll send you some extras. So there you go. Um, awesome. Well, I would love one of the, one of my favorite exercises too is is thinking about ourselves as patients because I think that you know that matters a lot, right? As we as you mm-hmm. think about facilitating this care model and whatever. Um, so when you think about yourself as a patient, right? We all are in various ways. You know, even if we don't go to the dentist as much as we'd like or whatever it is, you know, sometimes the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Um, but thinking about yourself as a patient, what's one thing that your care team does, dental, medical, whatever it is? that helps really build trust with you? Like what's an, a specific behavior where you're like, hey, when I go to see a healthcare professional and they do this, that's how I know I can trust them. I, when I'm heard mm. and someone is listening to me, so they're not imposing their opinions or beliefs of what's important to me onto me. And I express what's important. I'm heard, it, it's repeated back to me or deeper questions are asked. Um, then I, I, I can establish that trust of being a good listener and, and looking out for what I would consider my best interest in care. Yeah. 
that's what motivates me. That's why I stay at the dentist office that I'm at. They always listen to me. They know what's important to me. That's amazing. That's a, that's a very beautiful description. I'll leave it at that. I love it. Um, well, Kirby, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm really excited to see what you all continue to build with Rev1 um, and, and what the outcomes of that are over time. Um, if people are interested in learning more about you or Rev1's model or Midnight Oil Dental Partners uh, or Dental Solutions, um, you know, where, where would they go? Give us some of ideas of, hey, if, we're, if we want to learn more, how do we do that? Of course. So for me personally, I'm at Kirby Lynn at Mods LLC and Kirby at Rev1DentalPartners.com. You can look us up on our websites, MidnightOilDentalSolutions.com or Rev1DentalPartners.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'll make sure I put those in the show notes. And yeah, I'm really, like I said, really excited to, to see how this model continues to play out for you and, and, and the industry and uh, yeah, continue to learn from, from the innovation that you're bringing. So thank you so much for sharing your story, for taking the time to join us today. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I've learned a lot. Thanks for having the conversation. Thank you for having me. We look forward to our success with our, our partners and we'll keep you posted. Sounds good. Talk soon. Bye.